196, chapter one, you know, Simon 196, and we are in four. Let's do Dalit again. Let's say that the person who's an Oinen, who lost a relative or a parent, is in a different city than the person who passed away. And in the other city, there are, there are relatives who are required to mourn. Let's say, you know, you lost a parent and you don't live in the city where your parent does, but your brother or your sister lives there. That person does not have the din of Onen, okay? Um, now, uh, um, we're going to go into that a little bit. Um, so in this case, the responsibility now for arranging the funeral and the burial is going to be on the relatives who are in the location where the person's buried. And it's not a dishonor um, if a relative in another city is, pre, is, is you know, is uh, dealing with it and you're not dealing with it. However, not all authorities are in agreement with the Kitzer Shulchan Aruch here. And they say that even in this case, the laws of Aninas right, still apply. And the Mishnah Bura and the, uh, and, uh, writes that it, in this case, if the relative wants to be stringent upon himself and perform mitzvahs, he may. He also says that he may be counted as part of a minion. Um, and and uh, halachic authority should be consulted in this case, as well as in a case in which the deceased is being transported from one city to another for burial. So, uh, uh, and then it continues, But let's say you're in a different city, but there's no relatives in that other city, then you are for sure an onen in the city you are in. Uh, now, again, even and even though he might not be able to get there or she might not be able to get there to help out with the burial, it's ultimately his, his or her responsibility. And, uh, right, would be making phone calls or doing things or this probably this day and age getting on an airplane uh, uh, to, to go. Um, so... So it's not so clear cut, though, that if you pass, you know, if you have a relative who passes that you are obliged to mourn for, excuse <clears throat> me, it's not, it's not so um, obvious uh, whether you should or um, uh, whether you should or shouldn't um, be an Onen. And I think many people today are stringent in, in t- to be an Onen. Uh, notice that the Mishabura said stringent upon themselves and perform mitzvahs, right? So that he's that he or she's doing all the mitzvahs. And that's also a level of stringency. Okay. Hey, now in a city where there's a Hebrew Kedisha, let me explain, right? This is a group of volunteers, although in some places they are paid, but it, it's uh, people who tend to the body by washing it and wrapping it in uh, uh, in, in, in burial shrouds. Now the the washing is a prescribed washing. It's not for cleanliness. It's for it's for too much. Like like you would. It's like a mikvah for the mace. <clears throat> so, um, and so and then after all the relatives dealt with the needs of the burial that they need to do, the call up the funeral home, etc., the chaver kedisha, the the cemetery, 
And they have made an agreement with the Hebra Kedisha regarding the price. Okay. There's nothing left for them to do. The members of the Kedisha are going to come and do everything. And then they no longer have the status of an onen. They are allowed to eat milk uh, and meat and drink wine. They do. They can daven and do mitzvahs like praying. However, nonetheless, it is the the custom that they do not pray until after the burial, right? So they can do the daily Shema and the daily prayers, but the custom is not to pray until afterwards. Because they too are still involved a bit, and and certainly in the time when they would escort the body uh, to the cemetery. um, And uh, one wishes to be stringent, so somebody who really, really wants to, after they have done everything they can to ensure that the body is buried, they could pray, says the Kitzer. The Mishnah Baruch justifies delaying prayers, however, until after the burial, only when the deceased will still be eulogized, or if the Onanim, are still having decisions to make on the burial. But if they're just joining the burial, um, the prevailing custom, uh, uh, um, uh, sorry, if they're just joining the burial, then they then they would be able to pray. The, the prevailing custom though today is that we follow the kitzer um, because they're really, it, it's even though you give the body to the Hebrew Kedisha and the cemetery and everything's written, there's always questions. There's never, there's never not questions involved. Uh, um, and so the thought that you're going to be clear-minded for that and available for that is still uh, pressing. And so therefore, they really are uh, relieved of these other mitzvahs. I'm not even, um, you know, it's not even me, but even the rabbi is, is asked questions and then the rabbi asks the, the family questions. And this, this is just a normal... Thing, even though in theory everything was already arranged. Um, okay, now six. Now, an onen, right? It's different than somebody who's sitting shiva. Okay, the shiva doesn't begin until after the burial. And, um, but we're gonna and we're gonna learn more about that. Uh, and so now it's going to say that there are some restrictions that are, you know, that match up. So here we go. Kolzman shelonikbar hames. As long as the deceased has not yet been buried, enu choyletz minalav. The onen does not have to remove his shoes. Right? A, a normal mourner wouldn't be wearing leather shoes. The the onen is it's okay. Umurto let's And unlike the shiva, you know, he can go out of his out of his house. And he can do whatever needs to be done to prepare the, the mace for burial. However, and here are where they're going to be a little bit similar. He shouldn't lie down or sit on a chair um, or bed. However, the, that's the kitzer. The, 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 the others, others say 
uh, they do permit sitting on a chair, okay, or sleeping in a bed when they're an onen. But under all circumstances, married relations are forbidden. Um, uh, uh, um, so he's not allowed to bathe or apply ointments or do things that cause joy uh, or, or putting on laundered clothing, for example. And ointments, I think we're, you know, we're talking about like, you know, aftershave and that kind of stuff, you know. Uh, um, or, or perfumes or something. And they're not supposed to greet other people. Not, they can't take a haircut, shave, and they're not supposed to study Torah, probably the hardest one of these all, right? Uh, for somebody who's used to doing that daily. And he's prohibited from forming any work, even through others. Um, one may not, for example, have his partner or employees or even non-Jewish ones open his store or run his business for him. Okay, we'll, we'll go into that a bit more deeply, right? So let's say he's got a store, he's got to close the store. Um, but there are exceptions, obviously, as with, with everything. We'll, we'll look at that a little bit here. Um, even if it's going to result in a loss uh, uh, to close the, the business, However, if closing the business will result in a great financial loss, then he should seek um, uh, uh, halachic opinion. And you can look more in those sources, the Chochmas Adam, or the book by Margolis that's printed in new editions of the Shulchan Aruch Yordea, Hilchas Einen, Ube. Chasim Seifer, um, etc. So these sources that he refers to and why he recommends people look them, they take a range of views on this matter, some more lenient, some more stringent. Right? The idea is that a, a person's life shouldn't be normal. Right? They can't go back. Their things are not normal. They've lost a parent or a loved one, that, a relative that they're supposed to be mourning for. So you don't want them just you know, opening up the store, putting out the, the sign and saying, you know, open for business. So, uh, uh, and you and everybody should ask a, a Shayla today. Most likely, if you if it would cause financial loss, we're going to say that you can have somebody else running your business because, you know, today everybody's on the edge financially. Um, but if you can and not do any business, or you know you're retired or whatever the case is, uh, uh, you don't work a lot, then it's a it's a great thing to not work. Don't want anybody going broke over this, but but some monetary loss is okay to suffer. Okay, seven. And this is a big one. Misha Oinen Bishas Kriya So somebody's in Onen during the time for Shema and morning prayers, from which he's exempt. And then after the burial, a quarter of the day has passed. Okay, that's the seasonal hours. She's man Krishma, which means that the time to get Krishma in Bizman in a, in a timely manner has passed. Nonetheless, they should recite the Shema and its blessings below Tfilin without Tfilin. Because a mourner does not wear Tfilin on the first day of mourning. <laughs> 
Ad shlish hayom, until the third of the day has passed. Let's say more than that has passed. Then he could say the Shema without brachos. Until midday. And on Rosh Chodesh, he could have Musaf. Even after midday, because the time for Musaf is the entire day. From the morning blessings, he should only say three blessings. Okay, right. So the of the the seventeen, right? The blessings we say every morning. Not the seventeen. Excuse me. Getting the Shmon Esri in the morning blessings mixed up here. So the morning blessings that we say. We only say Shalosani Akum, Shalosani Oved. And if they're a man, they'd say Shalani Isha. If they're a, if they're a woman, they say Shalani Kotzarki. Now, Ubirka Satoira, they should say Sheeluz Mana Kol Yom, because those are, you can say those the whole day. Ushar Brachos Loyom Marachar Shavar Zmana. And then the rest of the blessings you don't say until if, if, if the time has passed. Shasani Ketsono would be the woman's uh, blessing. Um, see, those blessings don't actually have a specific time, although we say them in the morning before we dive in, they could be said the entire day if one forgot. Um, uh, and Kevan Shebishas Chovasam, Dahainu Baboker, Hayah Potter. So why is, uh, um, why doesn't they have to recite the rest of the morning blessings? Because once the time has passed for the morning blessings, there, since they weren't obligated on it to begin with, because they were an onen, okay, uh, so then they're exempt from these extra blessings. Im nikbar If the burial was done before the third of the of the day is done, and then they have to travel long distance to get home, okay. So by the time you get home, then the third of the day will pass. You should go into some house near the cemetery, in order to pray the proper time and say Shema, or to do it outside in a clean place. As soon as they begin to throw the dirt onto the onto the casket, he could say Shema and pray. Even though the, the morning period hasn't even started because the body has not been completely covered. So this is a very, you know, uh, 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 interesting thing here. Um, we'll do this a little bit, a little bit of details. So now the morning blessings that we say, the, the which have several parts to them, were, were created to be part of the beginning of the day. And since at the time the Onen was not obliged to recite them, he no longer has to say them, right? Because he didn't miss them. Okay. Um, now, of course, today we have COVID, but normally this person, right, if they did an early morning funeral, maybe they would try to pray. Uh, um, you know, this is, uh, 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 complicated uh, um, and you know a person uh, uh, 
can seek uh, more detailed uh, advice if it comes up. But most of the time after the funeral, people are going to be going home and, um, and so then they could pray at home. Okay, we, got, we went through a bunch of different things. Any, any questions here on this material? Wow, where to start? That is complicated. Yes. Where are you supposed to sleep if you can't sleep on a bed or a chair? We'll, we'll get to the laws of, of, uh, of uh, uh, Onan. There's still a lot of laws of Onan. We'll, we're going we're gonna to get there to the laws of, of burial and then, of course, the laws of, of, uh, of uh, Shiva we're, we're, uh, uh, in, a, in, a, you know, in a little while. Um, yes, but, but just a short answer is um, you, you do not have to sleep on the floor, but you'll, you know, some, you're gonna without a pillow differently, maybe without your pillow, etc. So Can you remind me again what Simon we're on. I'm sorry. Simon 196. The um, your status of an onane ends when the dirt goes on to the mace. Correct. So what happens if? It's not a halachic burial, and it's let's say a cremation, Right. So that then they it begins the minute it's taken to the uh, uh, the, the the onan period ends the minute they they've taken the body away. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, uh, another one, by the way, is um, here in California, they bury sometimes above ground in these mausoleums. It's not a cremation, but they don't put the, the coffin into the ground, they put it into a wall. Yeah. So there too, if, right, you know, it's obviously not a correct burial, but if it is done that way, then the person becomes a more, uh, uh, you know, becomes, starts to be shiva the minute that it's placed inside the wall. And the onan period ends. Right. By the way, what happens if you can't? What happens if you can't find the body? Let's say that's a crazy story. You know, they're lost. Yeah. So this this is a, a whole other uh, thing, and um, um, obviously, you know, you you, you can't. You have you have to ask halachic uh, shaila because each case is different on these kind of you know, tragedies. Um, but, but, uh, you know, the person obviously can't be an Onan for, you know, three weeks while they're searching for the, you know, somebody got lost in a, you know, in a storm or something like that. And there's every reason to believe that they're, you know, that they, that they perish. Um, you know, you know, you'd be unlikely to wait three weeks. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, uh, if it does come up, you know, you should seek guidance. And I think the other thing, which about this, which is, which is challenging is that, um, um, contemporary society really pushes people to try to normalize everything right away. Mm -hmm. And, um, and Jewish law is all of these laws are to, to create a reality, which is where everything is not okay. Right. We want to, be, and, and psychologically, it's so much healthier because uh, um, it helps the person with their mourning so much more if they're able to actually 
uh, mourn, when people try to just pretend everything's fine, it's going to come back to bite them later. Uh, uh, and so while this is quite extensive, the details, it's all to prevent a person from doing things which will harm them later on emotionally, uh, um, which is very wise advice, um, you know, which can benefit all of us. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna pause here, and we will get to um, uh, Tess and Tess and, and the rest. Twenty two seeking. This is a long one. Uh, uh, Twenty two uh, uh, parts to this chapter. Okay, everybody, have a wonderful day and a wonderful shower.